Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today, we have a Q&A, and Travis is back. This is our first episode doing a podcast Q&A together, so I think you guys are really going to enjoy this because the conversation is a little bit easier to listen to. We're going to dive into some good training and nutrition topics surrounding uh, how to diet during quarantine. Um, we're going to talk about refeed structure uh, in quarantine and maintenance um, and a couple different factors with that. We're going to talk about training specifically. We're going to talk about how to recover and how not to recover. Um, program design. We really got dive into a lot of good training and nutrition questions, but then we also take a lifestyle entrepreneurship question and kind of go towards the life coaching route and discuss how to find the best coach for you. And we also talk about childhood memories and where we would ultimately want to live in our dream home. So we do kind of take a side turn and rant about some some topics that I think you guys will enjoy listening to. If you guys want to support our sponsor, head over to topnotchnutrition.com slash boom boom, or you can click the link in the description to save 10 to 15% off on anything you purchase. Make sure you head over there, show the guys some love, and get the best quality supplements that you can at a discounted price. If you want to support myself and this podcast, do me two huge favors. Head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review first, and then second, make sure you take a screenshot of this episode, head over to Instagram, post it on your story, tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom. I want to see who is listening to the show, and I want to thank you for listening to the show, and then I want to share it on my story as well. Without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Guess who's back, 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 back again, 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 Travis back. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Let's get it. Another Q&A. Back at it, Fine. taking this quarantine slowly but surely. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been weird. Weird. It's a weird time. Weird time. It, uh, a lot of things, man. I just got that email from the like when you when you own a business, like the state sends you like these newsletters of like taxes or laws and different shit about business, and it was it was. Inslee's the government governor's uh, speech, but he said that they were going to introduce the phasing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not 100 percent sure what that is yet because I didn't get a chance to fully read it. But it sounds like they're not going back to normal May 4th, but yeah. they're going to start like phasing things in, which means basically like I think they might open restaurants, but like each booth has to be like three apart. Crazy. And then like I heard that they would like wheel a cart of your food up to the table and walk away, <laughs> and you have to like serve yourself off the tray. Yeah. Which, at, I mean, at this point, I'm like, do whatever you want. Yeah. I'll come to the kitchen grab it. Yeah. I just want to go out to eat. Yeah. <laughs> like, my dad told me, he was like, I'm going to go out to dinner for six, or he said for two weeks every single night once Weird. this is done. And I was like, I feel you, man. I'm not, but I totally understand his want. Well, he And he's the one that cooks in the house. Ah. So he's like, I'm so fucking tired of cooking. Yeah. Where, actually, dude, I've literally, I've cooked more in the last two weeks than I ever have. Yeah. Since I met Shannon. Yeah. Once I got that smoker. Yeah. Oh, Dude, yeah. I've just been smoking everything. Smoking, huh? Big smoker. No. Huge smoker. <laughs> Traeger. Traeger. Yeah, dude. Game it's, changer. It is a game changer. 
it makes steak so much better. Yeah. Like it. Crazy. It's like. What's the difference between that and a regular smoker? So Traeger is, I mean, it's a barbecue slash smoker. So what you can do is like you start it by smoke, getting the smoke going. So you turn it into a smoker, start filling it with smoke and you're cooking these like applewood pellets and then you flip it over to grill so you can sear it, and, but it stays in that smoke. So like with a steak, you get that like grill sear on the outside, yeah. but because it's a smoker and you can basically, you t- it's electric, it's not even propane or gas. So you turn it up like an oven so I can choose the d- temperature. Like, what? yeah, it's crazy. I, I didn't know it was going to be electric. That's it's that, crazy. That it's sick. Me get one. Yeah. So now yeah. I don't have to buy propane or gas yeah. or anything. And you, you can turn it up and then like, have you ever cooked a steak inside of an oven? Yeah. So like you grill a steak and then put the yeah. pan in the oven and the oven cooks it from the inside out. Mm. just like a microwave, yeah. right? That's kind of how it is. So the steak is way more tender, way more juicy, uh, but it's not like bloody. So it's like, you can have it like well done yeah. and it's still like just juicing, yeah. which is rare. Cause usually if it's well done, you get like a dry ass yeah. steak, but dude, like the first night. So the first day I had it, Shannon's dad, it was his 60th birthday. So him and CJ, my brother-in-law came over and CJ's had a smoker forever. Those guys are always grilling stuff. I've never used a smoker in my life. And we got tri-tips and it was like, all right, here's my first shot. And I just crushed it. Nice. It was so good. Like these huge pieces of tri-tip. Even, like right away, CJ was like, man, that's a great smoke ring. And I'm like, I'm going to Google what smoke ring is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. But that's like the, the ring around the edges of the meat. Oh. That's how you can tell if you got like a really good smoke, you'll have like this red line. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, I yeah, man. I like, thanks. <laughs> but those country people. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's get into the questions today. Let's do it. These are, uh, these are all questions from the TCM family. So yeah. this time I posted in the uh, membership group. Um, all the clients and members of Taylor Coaching Method are inside of a Facebook group. And have you been seeing the shit in there, dude? Dude, it's insane. It's very been, active. Very active. Yeah, I love it's been it. crazy. Yeah. Um, that's like quarantine and COVID-19 is not a positive thing. But one of the positives that's come out of it yeah. has been the level of connection that I've seen inside of our team and inside of the client-coach relationship yeah. because we're going more out of our way to start that connection and the client is in more need of that connection. Yeah. So it's just a natural like kind of draw to each other. Yeah. Um, but the group is just going nuts. That 21 day challenge has like almost a thousand comments on it. And the, each comment was more than that, but yeah. is a picture of their workout yeah, of the day. Cause sick. it's a daily sweat challenge. That's so sick. it's just like, it might be over a thousand now, yeah. but, um, I have Haley kind of being the monitor of that and yeah. like regulating it. But fuck dude, it's cool. That's sick. Yeah. Brings out a lot of, uh, awareness too. hundred percent. Like it just crazy i know within the tcm family in that group too but i mean i want to say in the general public yeah like you just see people like all right well i don't want to get sick but how are we going to change this yeah and i and that's why i've been trying to share like screenshots of what they're doing more because it's it's like one of those things where i I had this conversation yesterday with somebody and he was like one of my clients said that he feeds off the energy of others so he has a job that's very interactive with people he has a personal trainer at the gym so i do his nutrition but everything is about like I feed off other people's energy, but I'm a single guy that lives alone in New York. It's mm. like I'm stuck in here. And I was like, man, I've had this conversation with multiple people and even had to do this myself as I'm sitting in the office longer by myself and things like that. And it's like it really comes down to the fact that it is what it is. Yeah. Like us, like I, I caught myself going like, man, 
I just wish this was over. Like, yeah. I can't wait. And then I, like, stopped, and I was like, what the fuck is that going to do besides make me sad yeah. and, like, negative? Yeah. So instead of putting yourself in that position, it's just like, okay, it is what it is. Accept it. Yeah. What can I do? And that's, like, first daily. First step is acceptance. The first step <laughs> is acceptance, man. <laughs> but for sure, yeah. And, and then it's, it's just, like, do something about it. So for me, it's like, I actually sat down. I was like, all right, what new habits can I create at home that are just better? Even, like, little things with Blakely that I'm doing. Um and that's been a game changer, man, because it yeah. just occupies your time. It gives you more, like, fulfillment. And it's like, okay, I don't feel like I'm doing nothing. I'm utilizing it to do something productive. Yeah. But, and at-home workouts aren't the greatest, but it's a workout. Yep. Do something. Yep. Better than getting fat. Facts. All right, we're going to start it off uh, with a question from Ben Coulter. This one's from Cal- Instagram. Counselor. There's two from Instagram. Yep. No, one from Instagram, and then it gets into the TCM family. Okay. But he had a good question. Uh, we got, I listened to your podcast on being addicted to self-development and loved it. It has really resonated with me. Question is, how did or do you decide who to work with and what to focus on next? Whether that be a coach on self-development or maybe a life coach, for lack of better terms. Or whether you get a fitness, fitness business specific coach. It's tough. I think that part of me can't even pick one because I have multiple coaches. So it's like, I don't say like, okay, which coach do I need most for me? It's like, what coach do I need? Yeah. I needed somebody that's going to take over my training and nutrition because I don't want to spend the time doing it myself. And I want an outside perspective, Eric Trexler, he's taking care of all my shit, um, which is going really well. Both training and nutrition. Yeah. Okay. And then I have Andreas who helps me with like life and business and stuff. And then I have some other people that are kind of just business kind of like, so I'm part of this thing called the boardroom, which is really cool. Once a week we all get on a call and there's like six of us and we're all business owners inside the training and nutrition and Jason <laughs> Phillips set it up and it's just like this call that we all get on and it's just like, we just bullshit and rant and talk about struggles, talk about growth. So that's been really cool too. But like, if I look at like, I mean, I've been talking to Sam Falsalfi again a lot lately, um, who is the head coach at wake up warrior. So I used to do his nutrition. So I've been texting with him and talking to him about some stuff. So like, if I look at it, it's like, man, I don't really think what one coach do I need because I think all my areas of life can improve. And I think there's different people that can help me improve each area. So I kind of have all these different coaches. Some I pay for, some I don't. Um, so it's hard for me to say what, but, but what I would say is like, if, if you're, if it's coming down to picking one thing, I think it comes down to looking at your life and first determining, I've said this a million times on the podcast, who do you want to become? Mm -hmm. So, What's the end goal? What's the perfect day? What's the perfect life? What's the perfect job? What's the perfect schedule? What's perfect everything? And then what does that person look like? We have to create that version of yourself. Okay, cool. That version, who is like that? Who has accomplished that? Who has experienced that? Who has that relationship, that business, that body, that whatever? Find somebody like that and they'll teach you how to do that. So if you look at this perfect life that you want to create and you're like, man, this is where I want to be. My body's already there. Financially, I'm already there, but my relationship sucks. Yeah. Well, then you should go find somebody that's going to help you with your relationship. Yep. Um, if your relationship's great, but your body sucks, find the right trainer. If your training and nutrition is on point and you need somebody to help you with like the, what's going on in your head or your business, find a business or a life coach. So I think it's really hard, but it, it ultimately comes down to determining who you want to become, what you want to achieve, what is holding you back from that, and who is the person that emulates that. Because I know for me, like there's been multiple times where I've had coaches where they weren't really coaching and I was just like, 
can you coach me or mentor me or give me advice? Can we jump on the phone? Like I even have some friends that it's almost like they're coaching me because we just get on the phone and coach each other. But it's like you can just reach out to those people and a lot of times they'll help you, yeah. you know? Um, and then obviously if there's a specific coach that you're like, that guy does this thing. Like Andreas is a good example. I've known Andreas for seven years and I've just watched him be a successful, happy individual. He overcame cancer. He's done all this crazy shit. He's every time I talk to him, he's like, I find out something new about him that he's done or that he is doing. Like he's a part of all these different things. He's building all these different things. Like dude, that, it's like a man, a mystery man of a million, million different uh, habits and tasks. And it's weird. But uh, like the other day he was like, <laughs> I was like talking to him and he was like, oh yeah, I'm just building a koi fish pond. I was like, wait, well, he's like, oh yeah, I just extended my deck. I'm building a koi fish. I'm like, you build? He's like, yeah, I know, I know some contracting. He's like, the only thing I can't do is like, uh, like piping. Yeah. And I'm like, so you can do everything else. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, Jesus. He told, but, me that, he told me that his dad taught him how to build things when he was a kid. And so that's, he's yeah. in the real estate, he actually flipped houses and built the house himself. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but with him, like I, I've seen him and I've always respected him. And then the second he was like, hey, I'm going to start coaching people on Instagram. I just DM'd him. I was like, yeah, let's jump on the phone, jumped on the phone. He was like, this is what it's about. And I was like, look, I don't really know how you go about it, but I really respect you and, and want what you have. So I'll pay you whatever it costs to work with you. And I just jumped on and it was literally, that was it. And then I found out later, like, okay, what do we actually do? How many calls are we do? Like, what's, what's the process? Um, and obviously it's escalated since then, but it, it just came down to the, like I said, like I looked at my life and I was like, okay, in this season of my life, when I reached out to Andreas, I was like, what do I want to improve? And the things I wanted to improve were my own personal spirituality, my own personal mindset, and then my relationship. I'd be fine if my business grew. I'd be fine if I got in better shape, but like those weren't my priorities. Cause I was like, I feel confident there. Let me focus on the things I can. So I think that's what it really comes down to. So Ben, I think his name was right. Like, yeah. look at your life. Where are your weak points? Where are the points in your life where you're like, I could improve X, Y, Z, or I need to improve X, Y, Z to get to this ultimate goal or this ultimate version of myself. And then just seek out somebody who has that, who does that, who knows that, and then approach them for it. And I think that's as simple as it is. Yep. Just, just find somebody you respect and ask them to coach you essentially. Yep. But it's, I think it's individual for everybody. Love it. All right, we'll go on to the next one. It's from uh, Cheryl Nasso. Nasso? I don't know. She's been my client for a Nassau? while. Yeah, it, I know you're listening to this, so let us know how you pronounce that. Is it Nasso or is it Naso? Naso. I have no it's idea. It's Nasso. I think so. Thoughts on non nutritive sweeteners? So, a non nutritive sweetener is like. Uh, excuse me, Splenda, Stevia, just artificial sweeteners, basically. Um, It was a more, it was a coaching conversation. She's like, this is a good one for the podcast. And she kind of had more explanation on it. But what are my thoughts on it? Really, really simple. They're totally fine. I think people, there's like a lot of talk about like, they'll trick your taste buds and, and get you craving food. So people actually will try to claim that non-nutritive sweeteners actually make you uh, hungrier and crave more and then make you gain weight because it's basically empty calories. It's like you're getting this sweet fix, but you're not getting any calories with it. So then you crave more. Um, But the reality is that's false. There's a lot of studies that show they actually help dieters cut calories. Mm -hmm. So if you're dieting and you use 
Diet Coke, Splenda, Stevie in your coffee, things like that, you are cutting calories from real sugar, cream, things like that. And it actually helps you lose weight because your calories reduce and it doesn't cause this extreme hunger afterwards. Yeah. So I think they're totally fine. And every th- everything that's come out, I mean, I've listened to so many different experts in the health realm, into the cardiovascular realm, into the uh, body composition realm, in the gut health realm, and all of them, all these scientists and all these researchers in all these fields come to the same conclusion. Um, and this will be a good one to bring up with Brandon uh, now that we have him on the team. But there is no health consequences unless you drink like 17 Diet Cokes or something crazy. Like they basically gave – because they do tests on rats – and they gave a rat enough artificial sweetener. I think it was the the actual substance that's in Splenda. I think it's a – I don't know how to pronounce it. But they gave that to the rat, and the rat had some issues. I can't remember what the health issues were. But, like, when you take that amount that they gave the rat and you equate that to how much you would have to give a human to make it relatively the same, like, it literally was the equivalent to drinking – like, I think it was 18 Cokes. And it's like – Nobody's doing that. Yeah. Which that even means that you could drink a two liter of Diet Coke every day and be fine. That's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's that's crazy. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with them. They're not going to cause any gut issues. They're not going to cause any health issues. They don't cause cancer. They're not going to trick you into binging and gaining fat. There's really nothing wrong with them at all. Um, in fact, there's even more research on Splenda showing Splenda is safe than Stevia. So a lot of people go to Stevia because it's natural. I even use Stevia. Yeah. But technically, we have more reason to believe Splenda is safe than Stevia just because there's more research done on it. Um, but at the end of the day, like I actually think they're great and I recommend people use them because it helps you cut calories. It helps you diet and it helps you get rid of that sweet fix. Like yeah. I have like literally I think I have two cans of diet root beer every single night, like religiously two in a row after dinner. It's like my thing because I have a sweet tooth at night and I love root beer. Diet root beer, one, two, and then I'm good <laughs> every night and it never gets old, but I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm healthy Yeah, and, uh, and I'm not gaining weight from it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So I think like that's the big thing is like, why not? But I'm not advising you to drink two liters every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not advising that much, but if you want to drink a can or two, I think you're fine. For sure. Great answer. All right, so we'll do the next one. Uh, we got Aurora Ramirez. I'm a SAHM, which is stay home, stay at home mom. Stay at home mom. I had to Google it. Yeah. And work out, <laughs> and work out from home about five to six days a week. Upper body, lower body splits with a hit in between. I keep my steps at around 13K. I'm currently maintaining weight at 127, and I was curious if I wanted to incorporate some high-carb days and low-carb days, when will I incorporate those two high days? Does it matter if I work out, let's say, leg day on a high-carb day or after the high-carb day? What's more beneficial? Or can I incorporate my high days on the weekend when I'm more likely to eat or snack more? So she's basically asking. It's a serious question. She's basically saying she has two high carb days a week. And low carb. And the rest are low carb. Yeah. When does she put those high carb days? Yep. And it, if it matters when she puts them on the weekend or not. Okay. Um, this is kind of where like it's like the art of coaching. It's hard to say. It's actually funny. So um, Brandon – Whitehead, we we bought two Brandons on the team at the bought? same time. Brought. Oh, brought. Two two Brandons. I purchased them. <laughs> <laughs> two Brandons onto the team at the same time. Um, and uh, Brandon is uh, – we actually haven't even announced it publicly until now, I guess. But he's our new coach. Uh, and he's been a client of mine for years. He's, but, a, he's done with his internship? Yep. 
Yeah, and he's crushing it. So he Sick. was. So we were going over one of his new clients the other day, and he was using the same strategy of like basically five day deficit, two day refeed, five day deficit, two day refeed. And at the end of the day, like that's totally fine as long as your weekly calories are in a reduction. So if you create a weekly deficit and you decide that you want five days that are super low and then two days that are at maintenance, that's totally fine. It acts as a good refeed. It, it, there's, there was a new study by Bill Campbell's lab that showed uh, more muscle maintenance in the individuals who had the two day refeeds. So there's benefit behind it too. Um, and it was funny because me and Caroline were having a discussion with them and I was like, man, I think this looks great. Like there's no reason like the two day refeed is a great strategy. Um, and she was like, I have had experiences with clients and this is a really good point where having two day refeeds on the weekend just ends up in binges. Yeah. So I was like, man, that's it. And so like, this is where the art of coaching comes into play. Cause it, you can spin it two ways. Like for some people, they can have that moderation, that flexibility to where if you give me two high days on the weekend, I'm happy because I can stay within my boundaries really well. And that allows me to have more flexibility on Saturday, Sunday, which are the days I want more flexibility for, sure. for other people. It sends them in a tailspin and yeah. they just eat too much. And then they end up binging and making bad choices and they don't even track at all. And then you kind of have this vicious cycle of, of not getting any results or like starting to get results and then binging, starting to get results and binging over and over again. So for some people, I would move those two refeed days to like a Tuesday, Wednesday. And for others, I would move it to the weekend because I know that they have that ability to uh, keep moderation and flexibility. Um, now, she, she mentioned her being a stay-at-home mom and working on at home. What was the relevance of that? Uh, she has a stay-at-home mom five to six days a week. Upper body, lower bar exploits with a hit in between. She was just giving me info about yeah, herself. Yeah, I'm currently maintaining at 127. Curious if I want to incorporate some high-carb days and low-carb days. When will I incorporate these two high days? So here's what I would ask too. Like why are you incorporating high days? Because like if you tell me that your goal is maintenance, I'd be like don't incorporate high two high-carb days. Just increase all your calories. So like I see a lot of people do that too. Like sometimes it's valuable to say like, hey, let's just do a two-day refeed because – That'll give us an initial bump and kind of be able to like test the waters of increasing calories. And physiologically speaking, that's probably good. But at the end of the day, like eventually you're going to need all your calories to be higher. So instead of going, okay, I'm eating 150 grams carbs and then two days a week, I'm going to eat 250. Take that extra 200 grams of carbs from those two days, split, them up. split it up across the whole week. So you're only adding, I don't know what it ends up being like 10 yeah. to 20 grams carbs per day, but that's enough to where your body is going to feel a lot better. You're going to have better performance. You're not going to gain any weight. And then you can kind of slowly inch it up. I'd rather have a client with days across the week at, at or above maintenance versus two days, unless it's a, a, a diet. If you're purposely trying to lose weight or fat, then these refeeds come in handy. If you're not trying to lose weight, it's almost pointless to have refeeds and diet breaks. Um, the only time I ever implement a diet break or a refeed inside of a client who is not targeting fat loss is when I'm working with a client who I need to reverse diet and they have some resistance to increasing calories. They're afraid to gain weight. And so it's like that you're walking kind of on a thin line of trying to get their calories up and they're kind yeah. of being pushing back and given resistance. For those individuals, um, I will implement some of those things just to kind of test the waters and be like, okay, let's see if you gain weight. So if you don't, then it's proof for me to give you like, Hey, see you added calories, you didn't gain weight. You're totally fine. Like, let's continue. Yeah. Um, or we're like, hey, you did gain weight. That tells me that you're not as quite as ready to make that big of an increase like I thought. So we're going to take it a little bit slower. But two days gives me that time to like try it and then pull back and see what happens. Um, so otherwise, I would probably for this person, I would probably just recommend just having all calories a little bit higher. Yeah. But 
throughout the entire week. I missed the first part because I was thinking in my head what my abbreviation would be. Like I'm I'm a GTWD. Go to work, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I was like trying to do that in my head, and then like I heard the two high carb days, and I was like, okay, wait. What was the first part? Uh, oh, no, you answered it. Yeah, I know. Okay. Cool. We'll go on the next. Uh, we got Claudia Gra- uh, Granville. In a lean gaining phase, what is the optimal rate of gain? Ooh, that's hard because it depends on a few things. No way. Yeah. <laughs> yes way. Uh, the biggest thing it depends on is male versus female. I would say the female is going to gain at like half the rate maybe um, that a male would for two reasons, sometimes more than half. For one – physiologically speaking, they have less muscle mass on their body. So they have less potential to grow. Um, and for two, we have more anabolic hormones as men just with testosterone and things like that. So we're going to grow at a faster rate. And then the other reason for this is because guys are less worried about putting on a little bit of fat while gaining muscle compared to women. Yeah. Um, for women, there's this huge resistance and I understand why. And we work with so many women that we, we kind of push this line and get them to gain properly. Um, but I know for guys, it's like, Okay, like I put on a little bit of fat, but I can get jacked. I'm in. Like yeah. I just want to get bigger because then I'll look bigger in a shirt. Yeah. 99% of the time I'm wearing a shirt anyway. Um, but so it's easier for guys to buy into that. But usually, like physiologically speaking, I would say it's about half the rate. So for women, like natural women, I would say a normal gain rate would be like honestly probably like a half to a full pound a month. Um, on average for men, I would say one to three pounds per month. Um, one pound is like, you want to go real slow. You really want to make sure you stay lean in the process and you're going to take way longer to get there. So maybe it's like an eight month journey. Mm -hmm. Um, three pounds being like, you have no problem putting on fat. You're a bodybuilder. Let's like, let's fucking just get the most out of it. Let's gain for, you know, four months and then do a mini cut gain mini cut. Um, cause you can, you, you actually can gain more muscle. Um, if you accept more fat, so yes, you will be putting more fat on in the process, but you will also be putting on more muscle. Um, you just have to be smart about how you cut that fat once that time comes. So you don't cut muscle as well because muscle mass can be lost during a diet. Um, and for some people it's like, yeah, you can stay pretty lean if you're trying to build muscle slowly at let's say a pound per month, but you get six months in and like six pounds is a lot of muscle. But like if you're gaining – and for some like advanced natural lifters, it's even less like half a pound a month, which is normal. And that's what you have to do to stay lean while doing it. But it's hard to notice those gains week after week. So you get kind of Scourge. demotivated, right? Because you're like every week you're like, well, I look the same. I look the same. I look the same. And then you have to wait six months just to compare a photo to be like, oh, shit, I got a little bit bigger. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for me, I'd rather get go a little bit faster and then just plan a cut. Um, and I think there's a little bit more benefit in that. But – that's that's kind of my my spill on that. I would say anywhere between uh, zero point five to one pound per month uh, for women, and then one to three pounds a month for men is probably ideal. But this can also change um, if you're a newbie. If you're brand new, you can double or triple that because if if I get somebody that's never lifted before and they're trying to build muscle, we can easily gain one to two pounds a week for sure for the first few months, and then it'll taper down to like one pound a week. But that's still four pounds a month. Um, after your first year of training that drops significantly after your third year of training, it drops even further after your like fifth or sixth year of training, it drops even more. Um, then there's also the case of somebody who takes a time away from the gym and or training really hard 
and then changes things they can gain a little bit faster at first. So I'm a good example of this. I had surgery. Um, after surgery, I trained. I did my thing. I got lean. But I didn't really get intensity back up because I had a busy business. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to open this place up. I have a daughter. Like I just didn't have the time to really go all in on, on those kind of things and be really intentful with my training. Um, so when I started with Eric Trexler and I was like, Hey, like, dude, I'm going to like go all in on this. Like you tell me what to do, how, how often to train, how long to train everything. I'm going to dial it in. I'm going to get seven, eight hours of sleep a night. And I've been super good about all this. And the first, so I'm up 177 pounds today and I started at like 169. So I'm up eight pounds, seven to eight pounds. Cause it kind of fluctuates. In one month. No. Um, when you started with him maybe six weeks ago, eight. no, eight weeks ago. Okay. So, but we had an initial week for testing, so nine weeks ago. Okay. But four pounds a month. Yeah, which is way faster than any advanced individual. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Part of this is because I had surgery, so yeah. I lost muscle during surgery, and now I'm like regaining some muscle tissue I already had. Um, and then the other part of this is like I just haven't been this dialed in in so long. So when you take somebody who has good potential but is just like half-assing it, and then you really go 110 percent, results are going to be way better. Um, and I've been extremely serious about every single week I'm going heavier and I'm progressing by a rep or I'm progressing by weight. Every, uh, my recovery is on point. My sleep at night, my nutrition is on point. Like, um, and it's paying off. So I kind of experienced some newbie gains at first. Um, and now it's starting to kind of slow down. Now I'm like at a, probably like a half a pound every one to two weeks, which is still about one to two pounds a month. Yeah. Um, which but is probably where we'll coast for a while. But gaining muscle though. Yep. But gaining muscle. I gain a little bit of fat, but nothing, nothing that like is making me, uh, I, th I think when you're going through the gaining process, you get to go through these periods of time where you're like, fuck, should I cut? Like, I feel like I'm kind of getting fluffy and I haven't had that feeling yet at all. Like I'm not as lean as I was, but I'm happy with it. Like yeah. I'm totally fine. Um, but yeah, I think like, I think it's just, it's just so dependent, man. There's just so many different, I have some clients that gain at a snail's pace and they're happy with it cause they're staying lean and we just, we do it for eight months straight and they're cool with it. And yeah. then I have other people that want to see the weight going and we're like, all right, let's gain a fucking pound a week and just get after it. And then we'll cut when this is over. Um, but yeah, I've been, it's funny. I, uh, it depends. I, uh, it's <laughs> a random funny story. Um, I had, uh, Shannon wax my back. Good. So I have these like. This is like a little patch on my lat that just bugs me, right? So they're on both lats. And then one thing, this is how you know you're getting a little bit older. You're like, man, why are these like random long hairs? Like I don't have any hair on my back, but I have this like two-inch long black hair coming out of my shoulder. Just like random shit. And so I was like, hey, I want you to wax it. So she got me this like waxing stuff. So fucking painful. And For one hair? No. I mean, we did my whole back because I had like oh these patches. Like, and then I had all these like little hairs on my top of my upper back. And uh, – so she waxes it and it hurts like hell, whatever. I go to bed, wake up the next day and I had the worst allergic reaction to the wax <laughs> ever. Like it looks like serious, serious back knee, like dude, vicious and it hurt. And it was just like so bad. So I took progress pictures and the week before <laughs> Eric was like, dude, like happened, bro. you're grown. No, before this happened. Oh. So I do progress pictures every other week. He was like, you're growing at like a, a shockingly fast rate. Like, this is crazy. Like, usually advanced lifters don't li like grow this fast. And I was like, yeah, it's a combination of the surgery and all the stuff I was just talking about. And he agreed. But we were both surprised. Like, dude, like you're like my quads and my back are just getting huge. And then I posted this picture. One of the side effects of steroids is acne on your back. 
So I like sent my progress picture and I said, dude, I had an allergic reaction. I promise I'm not taking anything. <laughs> and he started, to, he actually had an allergic reaction this week too, which was weird. And he told me about it. But, um, but I had to like put that in there because he was like, man, you're growing so fast. And then the next picture, it's like fucking me. Yeah. And I'm like, acne. it's not back knee. I broke out. Yeah. Allergic reaction. Wax my back. <laughs> dude, acne is a side effect of steroids. Uh-huh. Yeah. And for some reason, it's, I'm pretty sure it's always on your back. Oh. I don't know why. I don't know if there's a difference mm. on hormone levels in the, that, that, that area or whatever, but, um, but yeah, that's one of the side effects. Gotcha. All right, cool. Great answer. We're going to uh, go on to the next one. It's going to be from Katie Criddle. What does good recovery look like and how do I make sure I'm recovering as best as possible? On the flip side, what does bad recovery look like? Mm. <laughs> on the flip side, mm. um, Okay, so what does good recovery look like? I think that good recovery looks like being able to say on a scale of one to five, uh, five being the highest, that your sleep is good and, and undisturbed. If, you, if you're like restless in the night, it's not a good sign. Um, it is you are progressing on a weekly basis. Um, so this is one of the reasons why changing your workouts every single week is not a good thing. Sometimes inside of at-home workouts, you have to just to keep your mind stimulated. But if you're in the gym, do the same shit week after week for at least three or four weeks because you need to make sure you're actually progressing. Yeah. So I lifted – like even for me, it's like, okay. So what I, I track is like I have three sets of neutral grip dumbbell overhead press, right? Eight reps. I'm using a 50-pound dumbbell or a 55-pound dumbbell. This is how many reps I'm getting, and this is my reps in reserve. So if my reps in reserve, if I got eight, 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 and my reps in reserve was two, 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 yeah. and then the next week it was three, three, two, that means I've, I'm getting it done easier. That's a progression. I don't have to add weight or reps to know that I'm progressing because it's becoming easier. And once I see that it's becoming easier, then I can add weight or I can add a rep or I can um, add a set or whatever it may be. But you have to have some kind of track because if you're recovering well, you're performing even better, period. If you're not performing very well, you're probably not recovering very well. Um, uh, another sign of so good recovery would be good quality sleep would be good performance um, mood. So I think a lot of people underestimate the power of mood. I, I know for me, I've actually gotten so I actually posted about it today. Um, I've gotten so burnt out from training too hard and sleeping too little like so basically under recovering that I was literally depressed like. I just wasn't happy with anything in my life. I just yeah. like sad. And I had everything to be happy about. Um, it was actually, <laughs> it, was, it was a period of time, the last time it happened to me, because it's happened more than once. Uh, it was uh, right after Blakely was born. Yep. And I tried to just keep training my ass off despite not getting sleep because my daughter was waking up four times a night. Yeah. And I just just like hard head, like fuck that, I can still do it. Yeah. And I was like, why am I so sad? Like I had a great life. I just had a daughter. Like what the fuck? Like I'm just mopey all the time. And I was like, man, I need to, take like three rest days a week for a while. And then I felt better after like three weeks of like really deloading and taking training off. Um, but your mood. So if you're irritable, if you're if like unexplainably sad or, or angry or anything like that, that's a really good sign. Um, if you don't have energy throughout the day, like if you're really relying on caffeine all day, uh, that's not a good sign uh, of, of, of recovery. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, those are the, probably the biggest ones. Um, and, and also too, like I would even say digestion, if your digestion is really off, uh, or your joint health is off, you're having inflammation in the body from overstress. So if you have too much stress, it can throw off your gut, it can throw off your joint health. Um, so those are, those are indicators as well. 
Um, and then bad recovery on the flip side just looks like everything I just said in the reverse. Yeah. So like if you're not sleeping good, if you're not performing well, if you have shitty digestion, mm-hmm. uh, no pun intended, if you have bad joint health, if you have, um, you're, you're having mood swings, then you're probably not recovering well. Um, and I guess the other part of the question would probably be like, how do you accomplish that? I think it's really just like seven, eight hours of sleep a night, drinking enough water. Um, you're taking your supplements. So vitamin D, multivitamin, fish oil, stuff like that. Uh, creatine, the basics, um, your, your strength training and your leveling your intensity properly. Um, you're not in a calorie deficit. Um, now if you're trying to lose weight, you are in a calorie deficit and you're just going to have to deal with the fact that sometimes you're not fully recovered because that's part of being in a deficit. Um, and that's the sacrifice you're making. Um, maybe meditating, creating some space, doing something like that. Um, walking more. So you're just getting more movement. Um, I mean, there's so many ways to improve that. Yeah. Improve your recovery. But I think the, the fundamental thing is, uh, nutrition. And then the other part of this that nobody remembers is that your recovery starts in your programming. So a lot of people think, okay, here's my program going hard. What do I need to add in to recover better? Like fucking those compression sleeves and legs or float tanks and cryo chambers and shit like that. It's like, no, 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 no. If your programming is done well and you're balancing your volume and intensities throughout the week, then you don't even need to worry about recovery because that's where your recovery is. Yeah. Um, and that's like the problem I see with a lot of people that they just go super intense every single day in the gym where I would much rather you say like, okay, Monday's a very intensive workout. Tuesday's a little bit more downregulated. Even in like your program, you'll notice yeah. ME and DE. Yeah. Uh, max effort and dynamic effort, max effort. We're going hard. You're lifting heavy. We're maxing out dynamic effort is still challenging, but it's challenging because you're doing a single leg variation. You're doing higher reps. You're creating more tension, but you're not loading the spine. You're not loading the joints and you're not loading your nervous system as much. Um, and then you're back to max effort. So we can kind of go super hard, go kind of easy, super hard, kind of go easy. Um, and that allows you to progress better throughout the week. Even for me, I do push, pull legs, push, pull legs. The first three days of the week, push, pull legs, are pretty damn intensive. And then the second three are a little bit more backed off gotcha. because then Saturday, Sunday I recover and by Monday I'm feeling fresh again. Yeah. But if I was to go hard Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like by Thursday, I'd just be smoked. Like I can't do six days a week of training. So be so fatigued. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think recovery starts within your program. Got it. All right. I think we're the last one for today. We got one from uh, Guile Louch. He uh, he had two really good personality questions. Yeah. So I put I put a personality question at the end of this on purpose. So there's so two questions, this, and we'll both answer this one. Two questions, but at the exact same time. Uh, first one is if you if you could choose to, if you could choose the view in your dream home, what would you choose? So let's start with that, and we'll both go. First of all, that's, yeah, all I want right. I want your answer too. First of all, that's kind of a weird question. <laughs> like out of all, like it's not like hey, what would your dream home look like? Yeah. If you could choose the view. In your dream home, what would it be? It's like, so like I have, I have two answers. Part of my answer is like I would be in like the beautiful like Amazon of Africa or something crazy where you can see like wildlife and like the horizon and fields and just like I'm in the middle of nowhere. Nobody can find me. But that's somewhat unrealistic. The other part of me uh, would live in Des Moines on the marina and I have a specific house. So... When you're down, you're down at the marina. You know where the Red Robin is? Yeah. Down there. So you know. Ivers or or, uh, Anthony's. Uh, All that. Yeah. So Red Robin, like that road here, before you go into Anthony's, you can go up that hill and go towards 
Thomas's Normandy Park, or you can go up the other hill and go towards where I used to live uh, by Highline, yep. Pack Highway, the ghetto. <laughs> so going up that hill, if you look on the right, there's this house that has a gated wall. And it looks like a Cuban mafia gangster house. Like it just looks so dope. It's all clay. has like a fountain. It has like this big archway that you can drive underneath with your car. It's like one of those round driveways. Um, and he's right on the water. So he has like this huge yard. And then it's just a cliff. Dope. And then it's the Des Moines Marina. Um, so I would probably choose that because I grew up in Des Moines. And like that was like I would skate past that house and be like, fuck. Someday I'm going to live on this water. And like, that was always like my, my dream was like, I'm going to live on the Des Moines Marina. Like yeah. that was my thing. Um, and it's a beautiful area. I mean, it's the Puget Sound, so it's ocean, but you can also see the mountains in the distance. You see trees everywhere. So it's not very many places where you can sit in one view and see a, a beautiful ocean, tons of green trees and forests and the mountains yeah. in the background. Like that's pretty rare. That is, yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be mine is probably the Des Moines. I have no idea. I would. I just. I think the ocean, man. Ocean in general. Yeah, I'm not the ocean. I want a lake, a lake, okay. and I want to be. I want a, the lake on my backyard, and a golf course in my front yard. <laughs> <laughs> but I want also. I can't decide if live I live on a golf course slash lake. Yeah, I don't know if I want to be on like a public lake or if I want to be on like a 1.5 acre man-made ski lake. So, you've been to Twin Lakes, right? Twin Lakes Golf Course? Yeah. So my dad lives Is there on an actual t- lake there? That's what I was just about to say. My d- I just thought about this. My They're dad not. lives on Twin Lakes Golf Course. I'm like, where's the lake? There's no lake. <laughs> why the fuck is and it it's called? It's called Twin Lakes. So why <laughs> – let me get this. Why is this city Bonnie Lake? Have you ever seen Bonnie Lake, like the actual lake of Bonnie? Of Bonnie? <laughs> <laughs> no. There is no lake. But lake tabs. But. Yeah, but why are we Bonnie Lake? We should be called Mountain View or something because you can see the mountains so well. Sure, yeah. You know? Or – Lake Taps? Or Lake Taps. Yeah. <laughs> Even we're, we're not on the lake. But yeah. No, I get it. No, I have no idea. Yeah, that's weird. Why a lake over the ocean? Well, because, I don't know, people take their boats out on the lake and party. Does it <laughs> Does it freak you out looking into the ocean and just it's just infinite? No. Have you ever uh, – We were. I think we've had this conversation. But have you ever been in the middle of the ocean where you look out and you can't see land? Yeah. That's yeah. trippy. Oh, yeah. I've been on a cruise. Oh. It's scary. Touche, yeah. So I went on a cruise, and it was like the way they set it up to where you, like, go down the coastline, and then, like, at night when you're asleep, they're, like, out there. So you don't ever have that point. Yeah. And then you wake up, and they're pulling up to somewhere else, and then you can jump off, like, go to land. Oh. So we went to uh, – Get off. Yeah. <laughs> so you actually literally get on a little raft, and they boat you to the – What? Sure. It's dope. Oh. We did uh, – I thought we, it was just a big ramp. No. Um, at least not for the first stop. First stop, we went to Catalina Island, uh, Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I got a sticker from a skate shop, a surf shop there that said, it's the fucking Catalina wine Sick. mixer. Um, really boring place. Not yeah. that cool. It's like basically a place where, uh, rich old people retire and there's like nothing there. Just nice houses. There's okay. nothing to do whatsoever. Were you even, like, were you a teenager? Uh, no, I was 20, no, oh, 20 I mean, 22. Oh, I mean, you weren't a kid. No, wasn't yeah. a kid. Um, but we went there, and then we got back out and went to Mexico. But on the way home, all the way back to Washington from Mexico, it was just a straight shot. So you woke up the, the day where you are just traveling, and you literally couldn't see anything yeah. except the ocean. That was freaky because yeah. you're just like – it's just empty. Yeah. It's that, that was trippy. And you just get kind of bored and seasick and feel stuck. Yeah. Um, but I used to love – like there's that long dock 
on the Des Moines uh, marina where you can just walk out and it you're like yeah. deep. I mean, yeah. it's like a hundred yards. Yeah. Um, Shannon hates it. She like trips out. That's you why she went on it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I've, we've gone down there a couple times. She, uh, she, cause she wants to live on a lake. Yeah. She doesn't want to live on ocean because that she's like, I don't like looking and seeing just infinite, yeah. which I love. There's something about looking out and knowing that it just doesn't end that like, it's I flat. mean, obviously it ends sooner or later, but that I can't see. Like, I love that. Cause it's just like, gives me peace of mind just looking out and thinking and For sure. I don't know. Um, but yeah. All right. Um, his second question, favorite childhood memory Dude. Mm. I don't know these answers, <laughs> but favorite childhood um, all right. I'm going to go with the first thing that comes to my mind is, uh, were you at my brother's wedding? No. I, uh, I had, I gave a speech there and I told a story about me and my brother. Um, actually there's two memories that come up with me and him and I actually told both of them at his wedding. And the first one was, uh, my brother picked on me a ton when I was a kid, just like a normal big brother. Like it wasn't like, like traumatizing, but like older brothers beat up little brothers. It's just, that's just what you do. Yeah. So he always just messed me or do the thing where he pin, pins you down and like does a spit, you know, oh. <laughs> and then sucks it back up before it touches your face. <laughs> oh yeah, I did all that. He put gum in my hair. He used to do the, uh, he made me do the truffle shuffle to get back inside a couple times because I was a chubby kid. But <laughs> so he used to mess with me all the time, right? Definitely not somebody back then when I was growing up as a kid would be like, oh yeah, I love my brother. Like my brother's my friend. I was like, I hate my brother. He's just so mean to me. But there was this day where me and uh, my buddy Chandler Williams were uh, we were skating on this ramp we built. We used to build like just yep. a ramp. You take a plywood, two by four, and you got a little ramp. Yep. And this kid from down the street, uh, he reminds me of Buzz from Home Alone. Yeah. Like just Buzz. a beefcake woof. that was just, yeah, woof. Just a dick. And he came up. He had a cooler, like a little handheld cooler full of ice. And he came up, stood on our ramp so we couldn't go on it, and threw ice cubes at us. We're like seven. Yeah. Like he's just like nailing us with ice cubes. He's probably like 13 or something like that. And so we start like kind of running. He's like trying to come after us. And we're like in the street. And my brother – I don't know. He wasn't even out there with us, but he comes like running out from the house and he was like really into karate. We were just talking about this yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, ran, he ran, jumped off the skate ramp and kicked the kid in the face, Ow. like straight up flying sidekick, kicked him in the face. And the kid dropped the cooler, starts crying and runs home. He was 13. And my brother's just like sitting, sitting there like a badass. Me and Chandler are just like, what the fuck just happened? I love my brother now. Yeah. <laughs> And I literally was like, Vinny, like, th like trying to say thanks for it. And he literally goes, shut up. And just walked off. Oh. <laughs> it's almost like, like nobody picks on my brother kind yeah. of thing. But that's probably one of my best memories. And then the other one is uh, one time we, uh, my parents were so fucking pissed. Me, him, and uh, Chad Matthews, they lived next door to us. And we, uh, we snuck out in the middle of the night. We took our hose, wheeled it out to the, we connected two hoses together and wheeled it out to the sidewalk in the winter put it on the sidewalk and turned it on overnight. So it would just keep running and freeze. So the whole sidewalk froze. Oh my God. <laughs> so we could like slide on it. So we'd basically like jump on it and slide on our butt and stuff. But people were like walking and like fell. Like it was bad, dude. It was not a smart thing. We were grounded for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> they were pissed. And my dad's like, you just ran the water bill. Like yeah. it's 12 hours of like <laughs> the water just going. But, but it was fun as hell. It was a good time. Just sliding on the sidewalk. On that big hill. Uh, Hylobos. Hylobos. Yep. That's Jordan Aerith was right next to me. Yeah. Me and then Chad Matthews. Yeah. Justin Smith was up the street. Yep. 
Um, dude, favorite childhood? I don't know, man. My, uh, I guess one, my family and I have been going, uh, like camping in the same spot for like 23 years. Damn. Every summer, every same week. Where? Uh, Inia by Win- Wenatchee. But like, I mean, they've been going for tw- high 20 years. Since way before, well, maybe not before I was born, but like right when I was born. Yeah. We've been, we go to Little Natchez. We went there for years every year at the same time. Yeah. With my family, and then we would go with just the guys. You know where Whistling Jacks is? Oh, yeah. Oh, we're not getting there. I forgot about this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got accused of being a murderer. (laughs) And that's the episode. (laughs) (laughs) To be be determined. Yeah, I I just, for people listening, like, there was a wanted poster of a guy who murdered some people that was traveling through the mountains. That's got to be a different episode. And... (laughs) I look just like him. I mean, like literally identical to the point where I couldn't even be pissed because I was like, damn, that does look like me. And I'm me. <laughs> and uh, and we got pulled over at gunpoint. I got put on my knees and then my face into the concrete cuff, thrown in the back of a truck. I was 16, just got my license. Oh, I was fucking terrified. Kent was in the passenger seat and he got pulled out and he was wearing no shirt, cut off jean shorts that he cut that weekend and he had a huge knife on his belt. He's just like looking super redneck, just like just crazy, just rusty big knife, jean shorts, no shirt. I think he had a couple beers in the morning, like by the fire. Luckily, I didn't because I was like, I'm driving home. And, uh, oh, fuck, dude, that was, I was so scared. Cameron was tripping because he thought his basketball scholarship was over. Uh, <laughs> and he was wearing Jordan's sweatsuit. And the cop was like, on your knees. And he just squatted. Because he didn't want to get his knees wet because it was raining. <laughs> and the cops like, get on your fucking knees with a fucking machine gun. Oh, my God. And then we had we were pulled over right by Whistling Jack. There was like a trailer park yep. over the side. There was Small literally, rock. Dude, there was like 20 people with their phones filming it. <laughs> like, this is going to go viral. <laughs> what is this? And then we sat there for a while. And then the guy came back. He's like, I'm so sorry. You can go. <laughs> the lady, nice, the, the lady at Whistling Jacks mistaken mistook you for somebody. There's a guy traveling through the. He was basically going through the mountains trying to get to Canada yeah. to flee the country. Yeah, because he had a warrant, and I was like, "Whoa, that was wild." But good times. That was another good childhood story. I like how yours is like a really cool tradition, and I'm like, my brother kicked a kid in the face. <laughs> I froze the sidewalk. I got mistaken for a murderer. What kind of childhood did I have? All right, we're done. (laughs) Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. 
This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.